Welcome back, everyone, to the Nashville Leadership Podcast. On today's episode, we are speaking with Grace Peterson, who is Campus Programs Coordinator and a master's student at the University of Vermont, working closely with the National Clearinghouse for Leadership Programs. Joshua Burns is a master's student at Florida State University, serving as a teaching assistant with the Leadership Learning Research Center. Pam Scott is a doctoral student at the University of Maryland College Park, who teaches in the Leadership Studies minor and certificate programs. Adrian Bitten, who is a doctoral student at the Ohio State University, who has been a leadership educator in both co-curricular and curricular spaces throughout her career. And our wonderful podcast producer, Derek Pacheco, <laughs> who is a doctoral student at Florida State University and teaches in the Undergraduate Leadership Studies Certificate Program. Woo, quite the lineup. What a mouthful. I know. Britt, share a little bit more about why we've invited these amazing people to join us today. Well, first, thank you for your service for reading all their brilliant bios and names. <laughs> what a marathon that was. Um, but speaks to the richness of who's coming on the episode today, right? I mean, these people, these are the most condensed versions of their bios we could make, right? Because um, they they will certainly not brag on themselves, but I know you and I will, that um, have a lot of expertise and brilliance to offer this podcast, this community, this field. Um, so we're over the moon that they're willing to join us today. These are graduate students, both master's and doctoral. They come from institutions across the country, as you heard in their bios, with lots of backgrounds and experiences beyond and within the institution, right? Functional areas, volunteer experiences, whatever it may be. Um, but we see them as emerging and influential leadership educators in many, many capacities. We wanted to invite some grad students to explore kind of these contextual applications. Um, but really, I think what I was most excited for in this episode and what I continue to be excited to learn from these folks on is um, their paths to finding their ways to leadership education, right? Like how do grad students or new professionals or folks that are just thinking about a new change in their career, how do they find their way to this work? And I think um, this group couldn't be better suited to give us that advice. So without further ado, let's hear from our guests. Hey, folks, welcome back. We're so, so pumped to get into our conversation with these amazing graduate students. So we're going to get things started with introductions. Um, friends, if you could tell us about yourselves, your name, your pronouns, your current role in your work, um, and maybe a little bit about your leadership educator origin story. Love it. Who wants to start? Yeah, I can go ahead and go first. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Josh Burns. I use he and his pronouns. I am currently a second year master's student at Florida State University in Tallahassee, Florida, where I have a graduate assistantship in the Center for Undergraduate Research and Academic Engagement, working closely with the Undergraduate Research Opportunity Program and our Europe leaders. And also, uh, I had an internship with the Leadership Learning Research Center, uh, where I was a teaching assistant in uh, LDR 2162 Leadership in Groups and Communities with Dr. Sally Watkins. Um, so there is uh, a lot of like ways that I'm engaging with leadership education and differing roles across the university. Um, but to really think about like how I've gotten to where I am in the context of leadership education, it I feel like it's kind of that traditional story of like getting involved as an undergrad and like trying to figure out like where you belong in a lot of different ways. Um, 
I went to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro in Greensboro, North Carolina. Originally, I wanted to be a high school history teacher. You know, that's what I came into college wanting to be. I was just like, yeah, like I had some great history teachers. Let's let's do that. And then uh, my freshman year at UNC Greensboro, I got involved with the leadership um, challenge, which was through the Center for um, Leadership and Civic, Civic Engagement. And I really started to learn about what does leadership mean to me as an individual uh, initially, like a lot of self-exploration. But then throughout the, the program, starting to think about it in the context of others and then uh, society at large was really impactful for me as a person because I didn't think I was going to get that in my college experience. Um, and then through my involvement at the university, through like peer leadership, mentorship, and other involvement, I really, you know, got really passionate about higher education student affairs. And it's how I got to Florida State University in the higher ed program. And since being here, uh, through the work and the curriculum itself, I've really come to love leadership in the context of higher education, wanting to get more involved with it. Uh, it still resonates with me as an individual. I'm still learning a lot myself. And I'm really grateful that I get to also incorporate that into some of the roles and the work that I'm doing as a master's student and just getting connected to other leadership educators as well. So I'm still really exploring what it means to be a leadership educator personally, but I really see it as like that dual uh, role of being the learner, also being an educator in spaces as well. We're excited you're here, Josh. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to go next. And Josh, I have to tell you, I know I need to, to tell folks my name and whatnot, but um, I wanted to be a high school math teacher. Love that. I think that's oh a theme. Gosh. I also want to be a high school history teacher. So I, I think that's not uncommon. Oh, wow. And here we all are, you know. Oh, my goodness. All these folks that could be teachers right now. Oh, no. <laughs> Our teachers. <laughs> that's true. All of us have been in the classroom this recently. This is true. Um, Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Pam Scott. Uh, I use the she series of pronouns, so she, her, hers. Um, and currently, I am a second year uh, PhD student at the University of Maryland College Park. Uh, and I serve as a, an instructor for the leadership studies, um, leadership studies program, the minor and certificate program. Um, so I've been teaching mostly introduction to student leadership uh, but uh, have have done some work with groups and organizations uh, in the past two years. And gosh, my kind of origin story, how I came to this, um, my trajectory is a little bit different. I came to the University of Maryland after just under 20 years of working professionally in housing and residence life. And so I have lots and lots of experience working with students and student leaders uh, in a number of different capacities. Um, and getting into this particular role, uh, I didn't actually see myself as, as someone who kind of had all the qualifications to be an instructor for leadership studies. Uh, however, Melissa saw something on my resume that drew her <laughs> attention. Um, and so she... Um, she was the one that hired me at the University of Maryland for this GA ship. Um, and I'm really grateful that she did because it, while I didn't think that I wanted to be, have anything to do with teaching when I was in my undergrad in the early 2000s, 
coming back to it 15 years later uh, has been quite a bit of fun. So I'm, I'm appreciative for that and happy to be here. Yeah, that's nice to hear. I tell people all the time that who are hesitant about teaching in the, you know, like a higher ed classroom that you know more about how to do it than you think you do. Mm -hmm. When you come from a co-curricular educator background, like there is so much that is applicable in a classroom space, Um, especially once you get over, right? Like, you know, this Pam, once you get over like the, the like kind of hierarchical classroom dynamics and Mm -hmm. kind of throw those to the wayside, it ends up being a whole, a whole lot similar to that co-curricular experience. Yeah. Yes. Yes, students are very similar in the classroom yes. um, as they are outside of the classroom. Sure. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You think it's going to be different and it's really not. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who wants to go next? I can go. Um, hi, all. I'm Grace Peterson. I use she, her pronouns. I currently work at the University of Vermont as the campus programs coordinator for the Department of Student Life. I am also a graduate student in the higher ed master's program at UVM, which allowed me to complete a prac with the Clearinghouse and work closely with Melissa, which was awesome. Um, When I think about the ways that I might view myself as an emerging leadership educator, I think a lot about my work with my current students and how we are helping to develop them as leaders. But I would say that since working with Melissa and NCLP, my understanding of leadership education has really shifted and changed. And so I think I was guilty of thinking about leadership education from a very positional lens. And so being able to shift that to looking at leadership as a process and helping students think about that and how their values can be applied to the programs that they're planning um, has been really valuable to me and something that I'm interested in diving in deeper to and doing more work with as we look to hopefully develop a leadership curriculum for UVM students in the near future. Mm-hmm. For everyone listening who has ever been said, hey, go start a leadership program, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Grace, because Grace is in it right now yeah. <laughs> with their colleagues. Yeah. Someone Talk was like being in the trenches leadership. together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I can go next, if anything. Um, So hi, y'all. I'm back. If y'all remember my voice from the back, this is Derek, the (laughs) podcast producer. Um, I use he, him, el pronouns, and I am still at Florida State, right? Um, Serving as a graduate assistant in the Leadership Learning Research Center. Um, I'll be teaching my first course um, tomorrow as of the day of this recording of the semester for our Latinx leadership class. So that's my bread and butter, and that's what I love to do. Um, Both curricular and co-curricular spaces doing that um, is what I normally do. Um, and I find this question very interesting of like, what was our leadership education origin story? So mm-hmm. to speak, I feel like we asked that of everybody so far. And for me, it's been very recently, me and my partner have started rewatching Glee. Uh, <laughs> and my, like, Can't wait to see where or- this goes. Correct. My <laughs> origin story happened in the show choir space for me. I think that's mm-hmm. where I got to learn what leadership was I randomly, my show choir teacher, shout out to Ms. Gonzalez. I know she's still show choiring around somewhere in Texas. <laughs> um, but she um, one day came up to me and was like, hey, we're having issues with our section leader for the males. Do you want it? And I said, sure. And ever since then, it's been kind of like, why was I chosen for positions of authority? And then tying that into like, what power do I hold? What privileges do I hold? Then also tying that into like, where does embracing followership come from and engaging followers and people in your teams and communities and spaces and all these kind of fun leadership buzzwords, as I call them, that we all do. Um, And then I was very grateful to then 
when I went to my undergraduate institution at Florida State, which fun fact, I've been at Florida State for all my degrees. So if you hear any institution, it's more than likely Florida State that I'm referring to. <laughs> um, that w During my undergraduate degree, I actually joined the community service fraternity with their first cardinal principle being leadership. Um, and from there, that's where I kind of, I guess, started looking at that from more of an academic lens. Um, and I was able to take a leadership for social justice course my first semester at Florida State with one of our old podcast guests, Dr. Esty Hernandez. Um, so I was able to engage in that space. And now I'm still here and been hooked ever since with leadership education, leadership spaces. Um, and I'm excited to, I guess, in a formal space, I call myself a leadership educator because I educate leadership courses right but i also mm -hmm. think about how i'm always a leadership learner um and i think we're all always leadership learners in a multitude of contexts at the same time but specifically i think a lot about in the context of higher education um we all do leadership work and at times we don't even know it's leadership work because of the context that it involves other people with so what may be something as leadership work to us as individuals can be not be seen quote unquote as leadership work to someone else or vice versa we may be just be helping someone and someone's like, wow, that was a very good way of showing servant leadership, right? And that's just, we're just holding a door open for someone, right? So I think that kind of context piece fascinates me um, in terms of leadership education. And I think that's a little bit of my origin story as to how I got here. But yes, we all can thank um, Will Schuster from Glee for showing me um, that kind <laughs> of origin process along the way. I love that. And we're gonna have an offline conversation about being show choir kids because mm -hmm. that right. my that's my journey too. We were also laughing before the podcast. Like, should we all just keep sneaking in pop culture references in all of our episodes? We had no con last week. We've got glee this week already. We're killing it. <laughs> I I love it all. Um, Derek, that really resonates with me too. I will introduce myself in a second, but I was editing a dissertation draft earlier this week and I deleted as a researcher and a leadership educator and wrote as a researcher and a lifelong student of leadership. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah. um, I, I definitely feel you with that. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Adrienne Bitten. I use she, her pronouns. I am currently a PhD candidate at the Ohio State University and am working on my dissertation around leadership and socially just leadership education. Uh, when I'm not doing that, I am a graduate student working with our HESA program at The Ohio State. So we are knee deep in admissions work and um, all of that fun stuff as we think about uh, our new incoming students into the program and community. Leadership educator origin story. Well, when I was in kindergarten, just kidding. <laughs> the line leader story. Give us the line leader story. We won't, we won't, we won't start that far back because actually it's a shameful, <laughs> shameful story of the ways in which I displayed my leadership in kindergarten. Um, however, um, when I was in high school, I was tracked into a countywide leadership program, which was co-sponsored by the Jepson School of Leadership Studies at the University of Richmond. Um, and I loved that experience so much that I decided to go to the University of Richmond and major in leadership studies. So um, my experience very much started in the academic realm of leadership scholarship and leadership learning. 
And I think that's why I still identify as a lifelong leadership student. Um, and then I've had a lots of different ways in which I've popped around at different universities and worked in different functional areas, but really identify and love the leadership education space. I love that. I'm just and excited I to have you all here. No, <laughs> we like you all a lot. And shameless plug for all these great grad programs, all these wonderful Seriously. grads. And many of them will be on the job market. So also, if you're listening to this and hiring, we'll link some contact information, you know, <laughs> for good people. <laughs> so we have, we've mentioned this to you all before the podcast and uh, Melissa and I in our introduction too, but really with the season being focused on context and the context of leadership learning, we know that it happens in a lot of context. Our next episode episode after this will be about some new um, new professionals that are talking about leadership education too. So kind of in that first role, but with you all as grad students, often what Melissa and I hear and other folks here at these conferences that we go to is like, I'm a grad student and I'm interested in leadership. But I don't really know where to go, right? There's very few um, formal graduate assistant roles in leadership education, right? Not every program has courses they can teach in leadership education. So trying to figure out um, how they get there, right? Like how do these opportunities come? And you'll notice that's probably gonna be a big theme of our conversation today. But coming off of your origin stories, um, just curious how in, in focusing on the last half of your origin story, I guess from probably most recent, maybe shifting from more of a leadership learner to having that educator hat too, right? And and not exclusively like Derek said, but in addition, becoming this kind of educator as well. So when did that interest first come up for that? And what did that journey look like for you to kind of start to be more on the side of the facilitator maybe than um, exclusively the learner? What what did that look like for you all, especially as you're thinking about um, maybe it was when you were an undergrad still or high school or um, in your early in your grad programs or careers too? What did that look like in that kind of shift from um, formally student, right, to then um, maybe wearing a couple hats in leadership? I can go ahead and get us started with kind of my story. We'll not mention another Glee reference, hopefully, I promise. But um, for me, I think what a lot of us have said in other episodes, um, I had taken undergraduate leadership courses was as we like to call a name tag hoarder, right? In a lot of different spaces, right? Undergrad. And I was like, leadership is more than just holding these titles, right? For me, I kind of saw that, but I can never put that into words or tell that to somebody. Just say they didn't have, for lack of a better term, the vocabulary, right? To like say, this is an identity. This is a process. This is a, a piece of a human being, right? It's holistic human development. But I remember when I started my graduate work um, at Florida State for my master's degree, um, I stumbled upon, as we've mentioned a thousand times, Dr. Kathy Guthrie's um, leadership educator course. And I always saw leadership education in the sense of, I always saw it in a way trying to be liberatory and trying to not only help people of all different communities, but also help all communities kind of come together um, in terms of these kinds of spaces and places. But for a lot of times, at least in my context at Florida State, I never really saw a Latinx leadership program development. Uh, the course was the only thing that was really available that I'm now teaching. Um, but for me, as part of my final project, I developed uh, like a Latinx mentoring program leadership kind of development series that has now turned into the Hispanic Latinx Leadership Institute at Florida State that I was able to run its first um, kind of segue through the Hispanic Latinx Student Union. So I think that's where I kind of metaphorically and almost physically because they gave me a hat as a gift, right? Took off the hat of being a leadership student and was able to put on the hat of a leadership educator of not only being able to produce a program for a course and 
get great feedback on it from amazing instructors and people along the way, but also being able to enact that and actually see it come to life. And I think relatively quickly, that was within like a one month thing. They're like, well, sure. And I said, okay. Um, so I was excited to kind of see that. So I think for me, that's where I established more of that leadership educator identity was because of that class. Um, and then I was also able to enact kind of a co-curricular program as well. And then thanks to wonderful people along my life journey, as I call it, like Brittany, she got me involved in some fraternity sorority life spaces to volunteer with as well. Um, and that also just helped solidify my love for both leadership education in curricular and co-curricular spaces as well. Derek, I'm also reflect as you're talking about it, I'm reflecting too on the theme. Now correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm misinterpreting, but the moment where you realize that the things that you care about in the world of education are linked to leadership, learning, and development. And I that resonates with me. I and and from what I think we hear from a lot of our podcast guests and from other folks we talk to in the field, that really this the it's not that it's yes, obviously like the chance to develop a program or the chance to teach a course, like formally right. help you understand yourself as a leadership educator. But more so than that, it's about the moment when you realize that leadership learning and development is very relevant to the part of education that you care about. For you, that was Latinx communities. Um, and I think that, that I mean, that's the notion of in context that we're talking about in this podcast episode, right? So mm -hmm. I that light bulb, I think, um, of the connection there between what I care about and its relevance to leadership, learning, and development, I think is so important. Mm -hmm. It links to Pam and Josh who talk about wanting to be high school history and math teachers, right? Like you care about education and it's finding your spot of where it makes sense for you. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of that made me think about that time and space when I was student teaching in my final semester as an undergrad. I don't think I really thought about it very intentionally then how I was really serving as a leadership educator as a student teacher. But if we're thinking about in like academic cur like curricular spaces where you're in a classroom, I was definitely facilitating and providing a lot of experiences that I do think fall within leadership education, right? I think mm -hmm. any classroom environment, we should be providing students, people with like opportunities to really find themselves within the content that you are, you know, providing instruction on but then also creating environments within that classroom for people to connect with each other as human beings. And, you know, I, I guess that's kind of how it really started with me is being as a, as a um, education major, as a student teacher. And I really didn't start making those connections until I was a graduate student. And then also being introduced to the idea that leadership education takes place in curricular and co-curricular spaces. Like, if I'm thinking higher education, I always thought that like leadership development only takes place through things like you're an orientation leader, you're a peer academic leader, like mm -hmm. you're in like positions. But now I'm thinking of, about it way beyond that. And I can see that taking place in contexts that just go beyond what we think traditionally in like student affairs. Um, So it's kind of interesting that it did actually kind of start in a way where I was actually going into a classroom space as a student teacher in a high school classroom. Um, and that really provided me the confidence as well and being able to be an educator and really where I'm at today and being more of a leadership educator in spaces. When I think about my origin story, I kind of giggle a little bit. I remember when I was about to start in the um, HESA program, 
at Maryland before I even started, Craig Slack had emailed me and asked me if I wanted to be involved with the National Leadership Symposium that was happening that summer. And of course, I was like, yes, I'll do it. Um, and we were sitting around at lunch one day and introducing ourselves on the first day. And I think I said something and I said the word idiosyncrasy credits. And Craig Slack laughed at me and said, well, if that's not a leadership educator right there, I don't know what is. And so that I kind of laugh at myself is my first introduction to uh, being a leadership educator. But I have loved the experience of working in both the co-curricular and the curricular aspects of leadership education and seeing how those things can be reciprocal and reinforce good messaging and lessons around leadership education. I love that. For those who don't know Craig Slack, my predecessor as NCLP faculty director um, and also a, a very fun and funny human to know in the world of leadership education. I'm so mm -hmm. glad that he's a part of your origin story, Adrian. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, friends. So as we think about uh, maybe your hat as graduate students and all of you are enrolled in some form of a higher education and or student affairs um, graduate degree program right now, um, what is it that you that you think is important about leadership education in the context of our of our graduate programs, the ones that we're a part of, whether you're enrolled in one, teaching in one, whatever that might be. So what is the connection there between leadership ed and development work and higher ed, the higher ed and student affairs world for you? How would you articulate that? I think for me, the like most inspiring connection I've been able to draw between work in higher ed and leadership education is through the way that leadership education provides an opportunity to advance liberatory practices and equity and access. And I think that having those conversations, starting with your personal individual values as a grad student or as a young professional, and then being able to tie that to the group of students that you're able to work with that often are motivated by the same things and share those values with you to then apply that to the work that you're doing on your campus and in the community has been really valuable and I'm not sure that I've seen that like striving to make those changes and create that social change in the same way across other parts of higher ed but I think leadership education in my understanding and reading and the people that I've been exposed to working with have always kind of put that at the forefront of how they lead and who they are and their true sense of being and so I found that to be a really inspiring aspect of leadership education and something that has been really positive for the field of higher ed and student affairs. I love that, Grace. Thank That's you for brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that should be our, our uh, elevator pitch for the, for the field. I know. Well, and I mean, you're bringing up something that, um, you know, other friends of ours that have been podcast guests often talk about too, which is that leadership education oftentimes is a stepping stone for, um, the learners that we work with to understanding bigger notions of mm -hmm. justice and equity and even just baseline kind of like, like relational process oriented kind of learning. It's like this really great, I don't know, leadership is this really great like test concept to like throw it in this, throw it in the space and say, how would you think about this differently if I asked you to think about it 
as a process instead of as a position. And that's a, that's an example of a liberatory prompt, right? The mm -hmm. notion of moving away from position towards collaborative process is an intro to that notion of, of liberatory thinking. And so I, I love that you're saying that because they often, I don't know that we explicitly draw those connections, but you're absolutely right that, especially in the work that we do as higher educators, um, leadership education can be a really helpful tool to, to advancing those kinds of notions. Well, and we know this from a lot of our literature too, but like it is, it's the advancing the world we want to see, right? And I think leadership education is doing that um, in really innovative and powerful ways and doing it in this um, incubator of higher ed is really wonderful because you have the resources and you have students that are excited um, and typically, hopefully, fingers crossed for folks listening, um, some good institutional support that's willing to um, put their money where their mouth is and do the good work with you. What about others? What's the connection between HESA work and leadership education? AK, what all of you do every day? <laughs> I feel like once you put on those leadership glasses, everything in the world that you see in perspective is filtered through that lens. So oftentimes what happens is I'm working with a particular department or colleague across the university, and I'm thinking about the connections or trying to place leadership within their context or their frame of expertise and functional area. But I remember having a conversation because I've been in this field for a long time. I like to take breaks and work as a professional leadership educator and then go back to school and vice versa. I remember I was having a conversation with a mentor at a conference and she asked me, well, are you a leadership educator who happens to work in higher ed or are you a like higher ed person who happens to work in the context of leadership? And that question has been a brain ninja in my mind. <laughs> As I've been trying to like answer that question. And finally, I'm like, I'm giving up answering that question. I like this particular context. I like learning about leadership with emerging adults at this particular time frame um, and being able to imagine the possibilities and the transformative potential of both higher education and socially just leadership education. I love that. And the like timing brain is ninja. Right. Yeah. <laughs> brain ninja. Well, and the context is ripe for like learning about leadership within the context of high, like mm -hmm. high, higher ed experiences, whether that's a kind of a, no matter what the, the context or the specific context is, I mean, higher ed is ripe with opportunities to explore and interrogate what you think about leadership. So I'm with you. I think it's particularly interesting to just examine that in that context. Melissa, Adrian's response recalls me to our conversation with Jonathan and Trisha earlier in the season mm -hmm. when they were talking about how for a long time it has been, right? Like you're in higher ed student affairs or you're a leadership educator or you're this weird like niche of small people that are like in kind of the both and, but you're still in this too. And I think I'm hoping that the field is moving. I think Jonathan's hope when his response to this too is we're moving to where both those identities can be salient and true and honest. And um, for some people, maybe it is more of the context and it is a practice, but I think this call is evidence, this podcast is evidence that there's a whole conglomerate of people that care deeply about both those identities. Um, and it doesn't have to be one or the other or like winging one or the other, um, but they can both be true and salient for all of us. Mm-hmm. 
This is also a reminder. Oh, go ahead, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, that kind of makes me think of, uh, I just like the the thought of like being a higher ed student affairs professional, being a leadership educator and like both of those identities being separate together. And I think as a graduate student, that's, you know, still very much learning in my program and, you know, understanding what those roles and those identities mean. I feel like, as much as possible, I think there should be a lot of connection between those two in the work that we do. I think working with students, um, you know, any college student, I think higher ed is a great opportunity for you to understand yourself a lot better. I think about my own experience as an undergrad student coming from a background where I was not able to really explore my social identities very much and how transformative it was when I got that opportunity. And it wasn't, it was because of higher ed professionals that I reflecting on now don't think they were necessarily deemed as leadership educators. They provided me that opportunity to do that, which then led me to go into roles and to opportunities that further led me to understand leadership in a new way. So no matter like what role I go into in the future as a, you know, new higher ed student affairs professional, I want to see myself in both roles because I think it's important that no matter what you're doing, that you're trying to do that work with students or anyone around you, right? Because as leadership is a process, we're all going through it. So we would want to have people around us that are engaging uh, us in that process um, really all the time. So mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. It also makes me think about him, I'm going to pick on you because you joke about how uh, you don't you don't understand what I what I saw in you when I hired you to be an instructor for the leadership. <laughs> a recall moment, Maryland. But we're gonna we're gonna put it in the recording of the podcast. But but this connects to what Josh was saying, right? That like, um, whether you have this amazing career in residence life prior to ever teaching a leadership studies course, and so much i think i think you are this great example of someone who has rich experience as an educator as a learning and development professional in a particular context of higher education and everything that you know and have done in what does it look like to build a learning community what does it look like to create space for people to grow and develop all of that is relevant to the study of leadership as well particularly with college students so it's that transferability um you know regardless of the context in which you were doing the work that those that skill set that knowledge that i think that you bring to the table as an educator is is desperately needed in the world of leadership studies so there's there's your answer <laughs> you're welcome oh to <laughs> that's so nice you know it's it's funny that you say that because I don't think that I realized that until I started teaching, until I started yeah. teaching leadership classes. Like I didn't realize how much the experience that I had previously was really going to carry over into the classroom because I, I think that my roles working in residence life are why I'm a, a pretty good leadership educator, like my approach in the classroom is very relational. So much so that like students are often taken aback. They're like, who, right. <laughs> what, this is my, you're my professor or what do I call it? You want me to just call you Pam? How do you know my name by the second week of classes? Like, why are mm -hmm. you following up with me about an assignment that I missed? Like I'm, 
I'm very, very relational, but that's what the work is in residence life. And so being able to kind of bridge that, like being an educator, doing some of that student development work, but like also I'm a human and they're humans. And so how do we, how do we really kind of make that human connection be central so that we can do all of the other things that folks have been talking about? It makes things like talking about identities or um, asking hard questions about identity or really engaging in difficult conversations or liberatory practices. Like it makes all of those things that much easier once you kind of have the, oh, well, I know Pam, like I feel okay in the classroom space or um, some of the comments from one of my classes this past semester, it was a, a class on um, groups, leadership in groups and organizations. And we did kind of a wrap up at the end of the semester about like something that they were grateful for that they appreciated. Um, and the students in the class had said this was the only class that they knew every other student's name. Mm. And I was like, dang, see, that's the kind of experience that I think helps to foster all of the good leadership education stuff that we want to do. Mm-hmm. And this is, the, this is the part yeah. too about like where um, like words like pedagogy and, and, and learning theory and all of those kinds of things. Like we don't think about it actively always as higher ed student affairs professionals. Like we don't think about what we do as being those things, but it is. And you're demonstrating how, yeah. especially like the leadership studies classroom provides us an opportunity to start to think of ourselves, you know, the higher ed student affairs person in us start to think of ourselves as people that are using pedagogy and learning theory and yeah. strategy, even if we're not calling it that formally. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just going to say for feeling lucky to, that we get to work with Pam. I know Melissa, you feel the same way, but thinking about um, that, uh, Pam, I think a lot of what you're talking about is this culture of care, right? That I think leadership education has continued to put at the forefront of our work, mm-hmm. right? Like, how do we show up curricular, co curricular, extracurricular outside of a higher ed context? Like, how do we show up with deep care and compassion about the relational elements of this work? And I think that that is something I'm constantly hearing from students about classes I teach or ones that I get to oversee administratively or ones I just hear about from, you know, around campus things too is like, oh, they like learn my name and they care and they like want us to get to know each other. And like, they ask how I'm doing as a person, right? Like I, in my doc class, like had had a question yesterday of like, what are you all doing for self-care for 2024 before we get started? Like, let's just go around so everyone can hear it and connect. And then we've got two people that are doing ukulele later the week together that that didn't have never met, right? This is a Zoom class (laughs) and they're going to practice ukulele together because they're both learning ukulele. Like it's just this way, but then I, I frame it in this sense that like leadership is so dependent on relationships. So if I didn't spend the 10 minutes for them to talk about self-care, these two never connect and then they can't work together moving forward, right? This this way that it matters because a lot of other faculty and other disciplines don't see the value in that in the way that um, is so evident for for leadership educators too. Mm -hmm. So true. That might be a good lead-in for our next question, actually. I think, Pam, I think you I was going to tee you up anyway, because I was going to be on the spot about housing. So maybe you can add on, add on a little more of your housing context here specifically, but you all work and intern and volunteer and do so many things um, that are not always, right? The National Clearinghouse of Leadership Programs or LEI or specifically in a leadership education focused discipline, right? We've got orientation experience on here and academic affairs and housing and all kinds of 
different experiences. So you got these functional areas and you all majored in things that were not higher ed and not leadership education undergrad too, right? So you have those disciplines too. So how do you think your identity as a leadership educator may show up in those other disciplines or fields um, or areas of interest that you have? How do you get to show up with what you've learned in the classes and co-curricular experiences you facilitate? How does that resonate beyond those spaces? Yeah, I'm thinking a lot about my assistantship, which is working with undergraduate research. And uh, at Florida State, we have an amazing program called the Undergraduate Research Opportunity Program. So it's very academic in nature, right? But we have um, peer leaders who are leading our colloquium classes with undergraduate students themselves. Um, so I am trying to, um, as like the co-coordinator for the program, trying to think uh, like uh, more intentionally about building um, leadership identity uh, within the program, uh, because I think oftentimes in programs like this, and if we, if there are like peer leaders in those programs, there's not as much of a focus on that. It's re It's very much this is your role. These are your responsibilities. Like make sure that you're meeting those responsibilities and meeting the objectives of the course, which is very important. But I want there to be like more of an intentional focus of how are you learning more about yourself through this role? How are you seeing yourself more as a undergraduate researcher as well through leadership? Because I think there is a lot of connection between seeing yourself as a leader and your academic interests and the things that you're doing that you're super uh, interested in doing. Um, so I've really started making a lot of connections with that and really shout out to Dr. Cameron Beatty and Darius Robinson for like also providing an opportunity through that class to develop a leadership program mm -hmm. that I can then incorporate into the Europe leader um, position so that they can start to think about their leadership identity in terms of like social identity and what does it mean for them to be an undergraduate researcher in terms of who they are as people. Um, so yeah, I'm really starting to make those connections with uh, my assistantship. I love that. Shout out to all the peer education and peer leader programs out there. There's mm -hmm. so many. Um, I'm so glad that you're getting the opportunity to do more of the direct, like kind of leadership learning and development work within the context of that role. It's so important. Especially in research and academic affairs, which is not always seen uh, great value in relationships and context of care. Um, and I know that that program is exceptional at Florida State, but, you know, not all faculty members that they work with are created equal and offer the same support and guidance. And I know that you all do really good work to make sure they feel that they're getting a great opportunity through that program, too. about others i can oh you can okay. go ahead Jen. oh you go ahead perfect timing <laughs> <laughs> for i guess for me i can jump in and i guess this kind of ties into the last question that y'all asked as well i remember my first semester teaching that latinx leadership development class that i teach um i had one of my students she had raised her hand to ask a question in class and i responded i'm not going to say the student's name for security reasons but I, they said i responded and i said oh yes, ex student's name. And the student said, what did you just call me? And I said, is this not your name? She said, I'm graduating in three weeks and you're the first instructor to ever say my name correctly in this in this university. And I said, A, your name is 
for lack of a better term, not that difficult to say. <laughs> and two, it's it was that shock factor, right? Because I I've wrestled a lot, and I had this conversation when I was a master's student. And I actually got the TA, the course that I'm now teaching, um, with Dr. Jenny Batchelder, who she's now at the University of Arizona. Um, and I told her, I said, I don't know if I want to be a Latinx educator, if I want to be a leadership educator. And she said, why can't you be both? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's where my identity comes in to this kind of conversation of leadership educator, because the first thing I know, we're probably all tired of doing the identity wheels or list your identities in this X, Y, Z. Leader always comes first for me. And then mm-hmm. follower always comes second. And then Latinx comes third. Right. So I think that's where I kind I purposely put myself in these intersectional spaces um, to be able to not only teach what I wish I was kind of taught in certain spaces, but also making sure that I think a lot of the work of leadership education is validation of experiences, right? I think leadership Mm -hmm. education is not fully constructivist work, but it is very much rooted in constructivist work. Um, And I think because of that, validation is such an important tool that we have. And I think if I could give myself an addition to an, an identity would be like the validator leadership educator, right? Or something <laughs> like that. Because I think a lot of times we're are invalidated of our feelings invalidated of our experiences invalidated of our upbringing in whether directly or indirectly. Right. And I think that ties back to like the reason why I purposely use models like cultural relevant leadership learning models and my kind of like work and practices or um, Latin Billings work with cultural relevant pedagogy specifically in the classroom or in co-curricular spaces. Um, so I think for me, that's kind of where that intersection lies of my, how my identity as a leadership educator is not different than my human identities, right? Like I am a Latinx person. I am a Latinx leadership educator. I am, you know, a cis male that acknowledges my privileges. I'm also a cis male leader that acknowledges the privileges historically that that brings, right? So those kind of conversations don't look different from my personal to my quote unquote professional, even though I feel like my professional identity is also becoming my personal identity as, as a leadership person. Um, but I think that that is something that I find very interesting because I feel like a lot of times we always say, oh, I'm a I'm a ex scholar. Like we say a higher ed scholar or a leadership scholar. We can be both. Right. And we can be both one more than the other, depending on the context that we're in. So. Oh, wow. Adrian, you were going to share something earlier, too. Oh gosh, now I'm trying to, now I have to try to pull that up, Derek. No, that was so great. I love, I love hearing that. And it makes me reflective and think about my own experience as someone who started so much in the formal theory and scholarship area and how much my own leadership educator journey has evolved to now I hardly ever care if folks like, can name this theory or attach this scholar. For me, it's all about like my new favorite word. I feel like I'm uh, forever repeating congruence of like, are the things that you're saying about leadership and the things that you say you value in leadership matching your actions and behaviors and the ways that you enact leadership. And so it's much more important for me to have that um, when I think about my work with with students or other colleagues um, doing leadership work than it is for them to have like a strong leadership educator identity. I was teaching a, or I was TAing last semester, a higher ed law class. 
And let me tell you what a fascinating time it is to explore higher ed law after <laughs> admissions decision <laughs> from the Supreme Court and even all the things that happened in the last few months around free speech and things that are happening on college campuses related to world events. And so it's really interesting. A lot of the students were um, EDD students and work at the university in different areas and aspects and having them think about their own lens and ways that they are enacting leadership in their particular functional areas is really fascinating um, to me and something that I love exploring and learning more about. So even though I've had all of my like formal professional roles in as a leadership educator in the leadership offices and contexts and spaces. I What I love about being a graduate student is that you get to ex experience all these different aspects of the university. So, you know, when I was in my master's work, I was also doing internships with student conduct or in financial aid and like different aspects that allowed me to see what leadership looked like in those different functional areas and contexts as well. I love that. All that. Oh, so many thoughts. I guess as you all think about how do we like how do we enroll others in this kind of like community of leadership educators within the context of, you know, higher ed and student affairs work? Um, what advice would you give to to grad students or or when we say new professionals, maybe folks that might not have worked directly with leadership education previously, mm -hmm. right? Like new to the community, what advice might you give them to get involved, you know, more in our leadership education world in this work? I mean, I think we talked a lot about this being a super relational field. And so I think my advice would be to like make connections and, you know, connect with the folks that are doing this work or the folks that have research that's in alignment with your passion to pursue leadership education, because I found that in my experience, asking questions and being curious and uh, making those connections, folks are really generous in the time that they're willing to give and staying in touch with you long after just that initial like coffee chatter meeting. So I would say whether you know people already or you go on LinkedIn or attend an event like LES, those are all great opportunities to try to just make that initial connection. And then from there, I think your network will grow and you'll get to meet even more people and find out ways that can get involved that are meaningful to you. Yeah, I really have to ditto, ditto Grace on that. Um, you know, here at FSU in the Leadership Learning Research Center, I not only have just had like really good conversations with those who work there, but I have gotten connected to others that are in the leadership education sphere and they're just so willing to talk to you about what it means to be a leadership educator and to also like connect you with other resources that I think have been super helpful. Um, I don't know about y'all, but like, I just love reading a, a, a good book. So like getting like a suggestion maybe about a book to read that can really uh, provide more knowledge on a topic that you're interested in. I just think people are just really willing to talk to you about it. If you, you know, have that interest and, you know, want to get engaged more. So yeah, I really resonate with that. Yes, Josh, leadership nerds. <laughs> Who else wants to talk about leadership all the time? <laughs> right. That's right. 
Um, it kind of reminds me also of like Pam's journey. I've loved like learning about that through this episode and thinking about how are we inviting other voices and perspectives and backgrounds into this work as well. Um, and validating, as Derek said, their experiences and how those have been leadership preparation experiences, even if they aren't traditionally or formally labeled that um, from a degree standpoint or from a positional um, job description standpoint. And so I think about how do we continue to not just build the leadership network of leadership educators in this higher ed space, but how are we also looking outside of that to, and I know Melissa and I have talked about this sort mm -hmm. of all different aspects of like, how are we continuing to bring in other disciplines or practices or um, work that helps enhance our work as leadership educators as well. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing Adrian, you all say nice. is send the email, right? Send the email is what you, many of you are saying. Send the email, we will answer and we'll be excited to meet you. Pam, what were you going to say? No, I, I appreciated what Adrian had mentioned because if I, like when I think back to my interview with you, one Melissa, one of my first thoughts was like, okay, this isn't like, this isn't for me. It's not something that I can do. And when I was going through this whole, like applying for um, PhD programs, one of the things that I was like really committed to doing was remaining completely open to the opportunities that would just come my way that mm -hmm. I had never even thought would be something I would do or engage in. And so this was exactly one of those moments where I was like, Pam, you told yourself <laughs> that when things came your way that you were like, no, 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 that's not me, that you would remain open and kind of see where it takes you. And so I have zero regrets um, mm -hmm. from kind of doing the interview, accepting the position and continuing to teach. And I honestly think that this experience, even if I don't stay in uh, quote unquote leadership education, I think it has already made me a better higher ed professional. I know that for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and so for anybody who's listening, an opportunity that comes your way that you're thinking, this is not me. Don't toss it to the wayside super quick. Just give it a second look because um, you never know where it might take you. That's not an endorsement for leadership education and giving it a shot. I don't know what is. <laughs> Let's clip that. We'll be on for our first TikTok from an episode. We'll clip that audio. Uh, that's right just do it just do it that's right uh y'all are amazing y'all are amazing Derek you got any advice I know you got advice I know I was gonna share we if nothing else about... Melissa and I are throwing advice at you all the time so right I was about to, <laughs> well that brings up my point I I think we talk a lot about like finding or sending that email right but I think it's also finding that community and that group of people that are also mm -hmm. interested in developing this kind of entrance into the leadership world or continuation to the leadership world. Um, there was a joke that was mentioned before we recorded about how Brittany basically took Melissa's job at University of Maryland. I took both <laughs> my jobs after her. At he did. At he both did take both my jobs. And doc assistantship, right? <laughs> so I think because of that, uh, it just had me thinking about, you need to find your people along the way. 
Um, we will announce this, I guess, later on when it's more official, but Brittany and I got a piece accepted into a publication recently yes. where we actually own and name that as part of like creating kind of mm -hmm. like a enhancing your identity, right? As an educator or as a human being and even leadership educator is kind of acknowledging the people that are along your way and along your story. Mm -hmm. Um, so I always say, we talked about this in another piece that we wrote, try and find your critical friends. Um, because I know if it wasn't for Brittany, I also would not have been able, I told Brittany, it's like, I really, really am like obsessed with this scholar and I want to write with this scholar. And now mm -hmm. hopefully we'll be able to eventually say that's something. It's already accepted. Right? You're just in the drafting process. It's yes, happening. But yes, but yes, <laughs> it's happening, right? So it's also like finding that community of people that are at like around that same level as you, because you never know when somebody has an opportunity like this beautiful podcast, right? How do we get people that we all know, right? To come on these stuff because we want to make sure that we're highlighting the voices of people that are important. So yes, send that email. Yes, go to that coffee date. Yes, do all those things. And make sure you have a buddy to bring along the way, because I think it's important to uplift people um, as that happens, right? Whether you meet someone at a conference, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, how do I randomly have this person on Instagram? And it's like, oh, I met them at NASPA or, oh, I met them at ACPA or, oh, they're the person that sat next to me at LES the year before, right? Or something like that. So always make sure that you keep those connections, even if it's just something small, like a social media connection, find that community, because I think that community of people that are at the same for lack of a better term, a level as you will mm -hmm. help you out along the way because you can grow with them as well. And mm -hmm. what a reminder too to our leadership educator friends, those of us that are deeply rooted in this work to remind remember the power that we have in in welcoming and or gatekeeping mm -hmm. and how even it doesn't have to be a whole lot of time or a whole lot of energy, but being being as accessible as we can be uh, to inviting other people to explore this world, I think is, is, I, that's an important reminder for me as I listen mm -hmm. to you all. Um, and I know that we've talked about that within the community before, um, before as well. So Grace and Derek and Melissa, to your points, I think I'm reflecting on what you're talking about and, and none of the three of you used networking terms, right? Like leadership education to me is not building a network, it's building a community. And I think you all yeah. use that language. And I think, um, my heart's feeling really full from this conversation because it is, it's such a, a community of love and care and practice, right? And it's not, I even had someone, I think an undergrad was talking about like, how do you have this big network of people in leadership? And I was like, that's not what I think it is, right? Like, I want to go to brunch with all of you. Like, I wanted to be able to text and say like, congrats on your new whatever. Like, th that's what I see this as. And it's why Derek says we, we have each other on Instagram or Facebook, because I also care about your life updates. And I don't just want to see your LinkedIn of new publication, conference presentation. I I want to see the journey because I think we're on this journey together. Um, and just wanted to note that I think Grace and Derek and Melissa, intentionally you are using that language, but also unintentionally because that's just the nature of of this work we get to do together. So I'm feeling like my heart and my cup is so full. I'm feeling so warm and fuzzy yeah. after this this conversation <laughs> and you all. And I just, I know Melissa and I both feel this is why we invited you here, but we think you're the future of the field, right? And, and voices to look to and people that are doing really just beautiful, innovative, and, and cutting-edge practice. And and we're excited that our community of podcast folks will get to learn from you in, over the last hour or so. Absolutely. Thank you all for being here. Yeah, You're amazing. Thank you. So much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What a fun episode. I know. I 
I'm also reflecting too on how Derek is is still a part of our wrap up conversation here, but was also <laughs> in the conversation. So that's a really interesting moment behind the curtain. I know, I know. I will say I don't think we mentioned it earlier, but some of these people had like peripherally met or like maybe have heard of each other, but they didn't really know each other going into this. And I felt like right? it was like a big group of like friends and community that that hit it off. So that was really I like reflecting on it now. I'm like they didn't really know each other, right? Right. Totally. <laughs> well, but I mean, that's a testament to what we were talking about. I think at the end there too, is how mm-hmm. for whatever reason, folks that are drawn to leadership education work, whether it's the the main focus of their, their job or their edu- educational experience or peripheral, the folks that are drawn to this community are relational by nature and mm-hmm. they care about connection and um, care about helping people develop the best versions of themselves. Right. And that shows mm-hmm. up, I think, in everything that we heard from our guests today. So yeah, I'm reflecting. Yeah. When people missed it, cause we, we paused our um, audio recording, but we started doing the, like, who's going to NASPA, who's going to ACPA, who's going here, like, let's get up and get coffee. So for folks that are listening to that last um, question about what advice we have, like that does naturally happen in, <laughs> in this field of like, yeah. okay, let's find time to like not connect in a formal um, academic space or professional space. So let's find time to connect these people too. So yeah. makes my heart warm. And I think the last thing I'm kind of leaving with truthfully from the episode is just a reminder that we often talk about like the, you know, the future of the profession mm-hmm. or emerging professionals. And sometimes I, I agree with that sentiment, but sometimes I also think it's limiting in that there are so many folks in the world of higher ed and student affairs work who have been working with working as educators for years who have been doing leadership, learning and development work that might not center themselves in the leadership educator community. And just to remember that those folks are out there. There's so many of them. And what role do, those of us who are maybe more central, centrally like located in the, the world of leadership education, how are we reaching out to bring those folks in um, as well? And similarly to Adrian's point, learning, learning from our colleagues mm-hmm. who are doing this work, but may not directly identify as, as leadership educators. They just I think that's an important thing to remember is that there, this isn't just about bringing up kind of, you know, younger or newer professionals. It's about expanding. It's the expansion, I think, of what we need to do Mm -hmm. with education is bigger than that and more all encompassing. Yeah. And I think Pam is a great testament to this. And and she shared this of she had a really rich and wonderful career for 20 years and then came back to grad school and took that as the opportunity of like, let me explore new avenues new ways of thinking and being yeah. and engaging um and i think that doesn't always look like a formal phd program for folks right that might just be like a, a new title or a reorg or things too where they find themselves being like what else is out there what else can i be engaging in and giving my time and energy to um and you're right it, i mean this field is supposed to be interdisciplinary multidisciplinary transdisciplinary and that also means in our higher ed context right we have so many functional areas that offer such rich perspective like we should be tapping our orientation friends to teach classes or asking our friends athletics to co-host a program or whatever it may be um, to offer those multiple perspectives. And I think these grads really gave us a great reminder of how rich and valuable it is and how much we can learn from one another when we have these different areas of expertise. 100%. Amazing. We'll be back in two weeks with a wonderful panel of new professionals, um, which I think will be a great follow-up to the grad conversation because many of them were just recently in grad. Um, so we actually, for this panel, have 
a somewhat new professional, someone who's at like an assistant director level and someone um, who's a more mid-career professional. And I think the panel of the rich conversation they'll get to give us at different points of their career um, and how leadership education is manifested across several functional areas um, will be really, really rich and robust, I'm sure. Amazing. We'll see y'all soon. See you soon. 